Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. And your smart speaker. Say play ESPN. We're right there. Download the podcast. Yes, Key, I did like it. Was, if I had to say if it was my favorite halftime show, the answer is yes. I'm just not, I don't care about the halftime show, but this is probably my favorite one. I understand. One of 120 million people. That's I get right. It. I'm one out of 120 million. That's a good thing to be. You're unique. Yeah. You're so, unicorn. You're unique. That's right. You want to get up, you want to get up and go get some more ice. Wash every, your hands. I every get now it. and then, a very rare occurrence, you know, a very rare kind of person, a Randy Moss, a Keyshawn Johnson. No, let me say that. It, well, well, I'm, I'm let me put you. my name with Randy Moss. A uh, <laughs> Michael Jordan or a Jay Will? Mm, no. No? Mm-mm. I'll you, stop you. You're going to stop me right I will there. stop you. <clears throat> um, all right, look. M- Matthew Stafford. A Matthew Stafford. Right? Joe Matthew Montana? Stafford, who, <laughs> l- since he entered the league, more fourth quarter comebacks than any quarterback in the game. Yeah, but why is he falling behind? He's throwing interceptions. Well, he's on a bad Detroit team. He's trying to win the game. Not worry about his stats. What would happen if you put him on a real contender? Well, they did it. They went all in to get him. Year one. Year one, he won the Super Bowl. Paid off. Tom Brady brought him all the way back. It's going to be another Falcons Super Bowl type thing. Of course Brady's going to. Stafford, uh uh-uh, give me that ball. Boom, boom. Rams win just like that. Go home, Brady. Retired him. Okay? How about Joe Burrow, the anointed one? Here it comes. Burrow got the ball with a minute 12. I know it's going to. Nope. Stafford won the game. Because the last scoring play, 79-yard drive, a million, you know, like, he just made all the plays. So, Sean McVay, after the game, guys, said what a lot of people were saying going into the game about Matthew Stafford. Listen. What else can you say? You know, everybody talks about the playoffs. How clutch was this guy in all four playoffs? And he delivered in the most crucial moments. Every time. Really, you know, and, and everybody wants to talk about interceptions with a one great opportunity throw down here in the no corner. Problem. And then on the other one, it's a tip ball that goes right to him. Yeah. This guy's a baller. He's so much better than anybody ever thought. He makes everybody around him better, and that's what the greats do. He's a great one. I don't know how he's not a gold jacket guy. Well, we were all saying, wins the Super Bowl, probably punches his ticket to Canton. Yeah. But, yep. You think so? You think so, Key? Absolutely. It punches his ticket to Canton. I think it just, so. It, because what you, okay, so you got to look at his first 12 seasons in Detroit. He's got a lot of great numbers, right? He's got big numbers. Calvin Johnson's a Hall of Fame receiver that went in, almost helped him get to 2,000 yards. Cooper Cup, another guy who almost got to 2,000 yards, messing around with Matthew Stafford. Then you look at this year, what the numbers are, blah, 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 blah. Then you look at the next four years that he'll be a L.A. Ram, and look what those numbers will be. You start putting the numbers together, you'll have the numbers, he'll check the Super Bowl box. Why couldn't he be in Canton? If we're having conversations about Phillip Rivers or we're having conversations about Eli Manning, Mr. Clutch Playoffs, why? Well, I mean, like, come on now. Let's be real with it. Jay Hall of Famer, yes or no, right now. He'd have my vote right now. If he retired today, won the Super Bowl, has all the numbers, Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think he'll get in. I, I don't. You know, it, it's interesting when everything about Matthew Stafford, and I know some people see him in this elite, elite light. I, I see him as a, a good quarterback. I do. I, I don't know. You know, we kicked off the show earlier, and there were names like John Elway and some of the other legendary greats, and I know that the stats will, you know, help out for Matthew Stafford in this case. I just – and look, his career isn't done yet either. So 
with the way the NFC is looking, they could be back in this conversation next year or maybe the year after. So we may be having a different conversation when it's all said and done. But I think what I saw this year was somebody that came through in the clutch and somebody that managed a game and did it correctly. We see it the same way. Dominique Foxworth, however, doesn't see it exactly that way. Listen. But he's a Super Bowl champion. That's awesome. He didn't get the MVP, which is a rarity, I feel like, for a quarterback. Um, he's had a, a pretty impressive career and an interesting run here in, uh, in L.A., and he won a Super Bowl. I think he's going to be remembered as a, being a lot better quarterback than he actually was because he has incredible, like, big numbers, and we're going to remember this last run and the no-look pass for the touchdown, game-winning drive. We're going to remember all that, and I think the further we get away from this game, we're going to talk about Matt Stafford like he was one of the greats of his time. I wonder, Key, I wonder, Jay, if like too much water under the bridge between those early years in Detroit when he's drafted first overall and the talent was obvious, right? And he's putting up big numbers. And then, the, the, as we always do, like Key, we talk about, you know, rep versus reality and, and, and the way the media frames stories and narratives, as they say nowadays. And, like, there were too many years where it started to be like, well, he puts up numbers, but he's not a winner. And then that became so entrenched that maybe some people, maybe Neek, can't quite get over that yet. Or maybe he's really seeing something that I also understand. We've seen the very best to do it. This is not quite that. Key, where do you come down on all that? Yeah, he's not quite the very best. Even when you talk about... Jay brought up John Elway, for instance. John Elway was going to Super Bowls. He just wasn't winning them. He didn't win a Super Bowl to his 15th year. Okay, so, but he was going to Super Bowls. Matthew Stafford was not going to Super Bowls, nor nearly enough playoff games and appearances in Detroit. So you start off by saying that if you took Matthew Stafford and you placed him in Los Angeles— and he was number solid, a Pro Bowls, and win a division, make the playoffs lose, make the playoffs lose, miss the playoffs, win a division, make the playoffs lose, make the playoffs, go to the mm-hmm. a- NFC Championship game, lose, fire the coach, da 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 da, bring in Sean McVay, big numbers, they go to the Super Bowl, wins. Now you would be talking about him much differently because of how the foundation was laid. The foundation was laid a certain way in Detroit. And so now he comes to L.A. and he almost becomes a piece of the puzzle that was already laid out. Now he's the final piece to that puzzle that got them that W. And so you're now trying to figure out where he fits in the history of the quarterbacks in the National Football League because of that. You know what, Key? And we we naturally do this because we're both athletes and we think this way, and I just want to make sure that I can articulate this to people listening. This is not us hating on Matthew Stafford. I mean, Matthew Stafford is a Super Bowl champion, somebody who can spin the ball with some of the best of them. I just sometimes think that, you know, when you hear people get into these debates, a lot of these people haven't played, and they, they don't recognize. There's just levels to it, man. And yeah, if, you're, was, if you're a level below, it doesn't make you less. It just it, it should show how great the level above you is because you're talking about the elite of the elite of the elite in the world to ever have done it. And that's what kind of context you're trying I'll to put it in. And, 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 like, yeah. and, and so when you look at it, though, Max, right, 
take just just I'll do this for Jay. Take my own career, for instance, just my own personal career. I played with about 17 quarterbacks. And I retired with close to 11,000 yards in 11 seasons, Mm -hmm. multiple Pro Bowls, Super Bowl champion, close to 900 catches with all of those different quarterbacks. But I never, ever look at it and say to myself, well, if I had, if I played with only Peyton Manning, then I'd be the greatest. You, You can't look at it that way. Or if I only played with John Elway and nobody else, I deal with the cards that I was dealt, and I accept that. And Matthew Stafford was dealt with a certain amount of cards in Detroit. So you never really can get the full appreciation of what he is as a quarterback and what he was as a quarterback in Detroit because he was in Detroit. I mean, he, you just said, I mean, amen. That's that's actually profound. because So I hear and I see – when people say things like, oh, he wasn't good, he wasn't, it's like, you have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's really profound because in sports, especially in punditry and, and in analysis, oftentimes, like, why'd they go to Goff, off of Goff and to Stafford? Because Goff got you there. Maybe he can get you back there. Why do teams want to pick up Aaron Rodgers? Because the probability that you will succeed is higher with the better quarterbacks. Not a guarantee, but you just want to give yourself the best chance. And we get so caught up in that kind of stuff, projecting and who's in the given moment, that we don't stop sometimes to look at, this is what actually happened, right? Like if you have two kids, they're equally bright. One goes to community college, the other goes to Harvard. After four years, the compounding advantages of going to Harvard makes that, you know, the kid who went there probably what we would call smarter. Even if potentially that wasn't the case but that's actually what happened whatever your potential whatever your ability whatever your situation has an impact on you for sure and it helps shape and in the end we're not going to look back and say well he could have should have would have we're going to look back at what key just said what you actually did with the cards you were dealt yeah but i also feel like i I get the fan perspective as well right because i didn't play the amount of time that key did and you from a fan perspective i i do look at key like damn if he had played with Kurt Warner his whole career, or if he had played with, like, if he had those numbers like that, imagine it with that. And that's what makes it hard about the historical context because he was also, he was a badass dude, but those numbers could have been so differently if he had a quarterback that was on his level. It is something to think about. No, it, 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 it's true, Jay. It's, it's true. But you only deal with the cards you dealt yeah, and yeah, take advantage of that at that opportunity. Yeah. When they acquired me from the, the dummy New York Jets for two first-round picks, they knew that he was the guy that was going to get us over the hump and help us offensively win a Super Bowl. So it was worth two number-one picks mm-hmm. for me to be acquired, just like Matthew Stafford. It was worth because Sean McVay knew that he would help him win that Super Bowl, and Jared Goff couldn't. And so they made the decision to give up the two first-rounders and a third-rounder to go get a guy to win a Super Bowl, despite people not believing that Matthew Stafford is one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL at the particular time, one of the elite four to five guys. Sean McVay didn't feel that way, Max. Yep, and it paid off more than anyone, I think, McVay had the most at stake, and now, you just heard it from Key, he's 35 years old, 
He's been to two Super Bowls in the last four years and is already a Super Bowl champion. And when you look at the trajectory, long way to go between here and there. If he keeps this anything like this pace up, you can turn around. He could be 50 years old and in the GOAT conversation. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. Tune in tonight for college basketball action as Kansas hosts Oklahoma State. Coverage begins at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. All right, let's get back to the Bengals side of this and what they're going to do going forward. How do we best frame what the Bengals did in this playoff run and in this game? I would call it an improbable run. They have to realize why they lost this game, that they could protect their quarterback, and they have to go get better. And we welcome in now, boy, a guy the Bengals could really use going forward. I'll tell you what, four-time All-Pro offensive lineman Willie Anderson, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Willie, thanks for jumping on with us this morning. What's up, what's up, guys? No problem. What's up, man? You got anything left in the tank? Nothing at all. (laughs) (laughs) Running on fumes. Fumes. Keep it real. I love it. So, Willie... Joe Burrow was sacked 19 times in these playoffs, still came a couple plays away from winning the Super Bowl. What can you say about who he is that he came so close while being sacked nine, seven last night, 19 times in the playoffs? What does that say about him? Just that he's on the trajectory of, of being one of the all-time greats, if he can keep this up. Um, obviously, the transportation is something that has to be addressed in the offseason. But I was I was one of the guys that was saying that um, the Bengals O-line, you know, they give sacks up, but they was giving Joe Burrow about you know, 15, 17 plays of him being untouched. But, then, you know, and in those 15, 17 plays, he would make, you know, six to eight real big throws. Um, just unfortunate last night, they kind of got behind the chains. Um, I also was bragging about how well they ran the football, how well the offensive line blocked. They started to do it a little bit, but I think in the end, they kind of got away from the running game. But um, QBs like Joe definitely need two things. They, they need protection and they need a good running game to, 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 to kind of get guys um, off the, the, the fast track of pass rushing them. When T. Higgins scored his second touchdown, the long one in, in the second half, did you think that the Bengals at that point in time, did you feel like, okay, they getting ready to, to, to burst the Rams' bubble? Well, Key, um, if, you, if you check my um, – my Twitter account at Big Willie seven one seventy nine. I tweeted at the halftime. <laughs> I said, "Hey, all Bengals fans know that second half is by the the Bengals going to go crazy." And as soon as I pushed that tweet, he was throwing the ball to T Higgins because you know we've all seen it the entire season. Either right before the half, Joe Barrow takes it down two minutes, score a touchdown, and definitely coming out of halftime, these these, these playoff games against um, the Titans and, and the Chiefs. After halftime, they come out red hot for some reason after being kind of lethargic in the first half. So we thought the second half, that play was going to be, you know, um, you know, indicative of, of what things going to come to the entire game. But, you know, they kind of slowed it down a little bit, I think, in the running game. But in the past, the Bengals come out of the second half, and they're usually red hot c- coming out of the half. Willie, there was a great article that came out a couple of days ago where it talks about uh, Joe Burrow plays quarterback quarterback like a linebacker right with the physicality and the way he likes to get hit like are there are there any concerns around his health for you especially with the way he took that hit with his knee the other night first of all jay when reporters write that Keyshawn tell you that's that's crazy like what not like a linebacker like no no all the great quarterbacks don't want to be hit you know what i mean uh 
I remember guys saying the same thing about Jim Kelly. You know, I, I think I think if you ask Jim Kelly, he, he would rather not take those hits, those hit-on collision hits. I'm sure Joe Burrow the same kind of way. Um, obviously, there's some concern because you know he's had the knee injury uh, last year, and I think he had I know, a couple close, close calls this season. But you know, the guy's a tough guy, man. Um, I love him, and the guys love him because you never see him get up after after a sack, throwing the ball down, showing his lineman up, which you see a lot of guys do that. But to me, so to me, that shows his character. But definitely. I'm sure everyone in Cincinnati is talking about, you know, the concerns um, upon the offensive line. Willie Anderson, former Cincinnati Bingo offensive lineman and four-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. If the Bengals want to be back in this situation in a couple years, outside the offensive line, what else do they need to address? You know, um... As they get older, I mean, obviously, you know, the guys in secondary they had come from different teams. They, they, those guys played well. You know what I mean? But, but I'm sure the Bengals want to keep adding young depth to the secondary. I think they did, they did a real good job of, of bringing in the, um, the defensive line. And just, um, you know, obviously the offensive line is going to get, you know, either figured out either technique-wise or replacing players, I think. But, you know, just, just continue to build upon um, putting together good rosters. I said before, um, in 2011 through 15, the Bengals had one of the best rosters in all of football with Marvin Lewis and Duke Tobin picking and picking the guys, but they couldn't win a playoff game. So now, just continuing upon putting together a good roster and giving Joe Burrow the things he needs, whether it be a defense that's turning the ball back over to him or you know, uh, giving him a good running game or definitely protecting him better. Willie, let's go on the defensive end for a minute. Where does Aaron Donald rank among the all-time great defensive players? So my friends my friends and I argue with all the time. So um, I think he's definitely in the top five all-time. The guy's unbelievable. Um, but I can't just give – because of the records, like one of the – as far as pure pass rushes, he's top two all-time. Um, but as far as just dominant guys, like the guys – the guys – I hate being the old guy saying back in the day when we played, but – the linemen were bigger. Uh, D linemen had to focus on more on the run game, where now it's a pass game. So the sackers, the pass rushers, are going to get way more opportunities to rush the passer. With that stand, I think Aaron Donald is one of the top two guys ever played uh, on defense. But just to say he's an all-time great, it's hard to say that because guys play in different eras. Um, those guys back in the day played against, played in a running league and still put those kind of numbers up, but. What he's doing right now, it puts him in, you know, definitely top eight of all-time players, period. I think for his pass rushes, he's top two. Um, he's fighting to be top one, you know what I mean? But the guy's an unbelievable, unbelievable player. So should he have won? In, in my opinion, we had Dominique Foxworth on earlier. He should have been the MVP of the game. I thought Willie no Anderson, he was the best player in football again, the best player in these playoffs throughout the the playoffs, the best player in the NFC Championship game, last two plays of the game, he sent them to the Super Bowl. Best player in the Super Bowl, last two plays on a run and a pass, he won the Super Bowl. So yes or no, MVP? Absolutely MVP. You know, Aaron Donald is, is starting to get the Michael Jordan treatment right now where he's so great that you expect it all the time and you don't want to keep giving the same guy the MVP all the time. But definitely last night, that game, when the game was on the line, Yes, Cooper Cup is a great receiver, great player, 
and put them up. But when they needed it, Joe Burrow was on the, was on the comeback. When they needed it, the MVP stepped up and made you know two unbelievable plays, second quarterback, and, and definitely should have been Aaron Donald for the um, MVP. Was this the best halftime show you've seen? I and mean, you've seen plenty of Super Bowls. Was this the best one? I think so, man. Um, just because of you know the nostalgic of it, you know, obviously Michael Jackson is is, is ranks up there real high. But just seeing these guys, um, just knowing where hip hop has come from, you know, twenty five, thirty years ago, um, even further than that, to see that hip hop has uh, emerged as one of the as the top brand of music, and now it's being played in the halftime. It, to me, it's unbelievable. To salute guys like Dr. Dre and, and Snoop and those guys that and Mary J, um, artists who put on for our era that's still popping and that um, the NFL is kind of acknowledging that to me that's, that's a real big thing in itself. Yeah, I got to get Mary J a new costume. Though. <laughs> Come on, <Dad. laughs> Willie, we were talking about like Mary, Mary, all right, Mary. We, we, we keep toeing that line, Mary. Uh, she she didn't do the Mary dance though. I, I was, I was kind of mad she didn't do the Mary J dance. Man, you know, hey, when you start to get up there in age, man, you can't do that. Mary J's second album. When you have an album that good, you do whatever you want for the rest of You're your right. life. You're right. I no doubt. No doubt. Wall to Wall is one of the best ever made. Speaking of among the best ever, no that's doubt. Willie Anderson, ladies and gentlemen, four-time All-Pro All offensive right, lineman for the Bengals. Thank you, Willie. No problem, guys. Thank you. All right, big Will. Host teams won back-to-back Super Bowls, guys. After never having done it, now it's back-to-back years. But next year's host has bigger issues than worrying about getting to the big game. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Now we have Kyler Murray. He doesn't follow the Cardinals anymore. If you are part of the Cardinals organization, what are you thinking right now? We've given this dude everything that he needed to be successful. If he hasn't been successful, that's a him problem. Why would you not follow your team that you play for on social media? That last guy made a lot of sense to me. If you do that, there's a reason. You must be mad. Keyshawn J. Willimax is presented by Progressive Insurance. Next year's Super Bowl is in Arizona, guys, and the Cardinals will be looking to make it three straight years that the home stadium team wins the Super Bowl. However, first of all, you look like a deer in headlights in these playoffs. That team got hosed, got waxed in their first playoff game after being best team in football for, I don't know, more than half this season. So Chris Mortensen reported on NFL Countdown that the Cardinals have a lot of work to do between now and next year's Super Bowl. Listen. 
That odd vibe you, you feel postseason? It's alarming. Murray is said to be frustrated with the franchise, felt like he was set up for embarrassment against the Rams in the playoffs, isn't getting enough help. Whereas the Cardinals, including his teammates, think he's immature, self-centered, lacks leadership, Ooh. and has a lot to fix. Ooh. He will remain with the Cardinals going forward, however. That's the plan. Well, that sounds, <laughs> sounds very familiar. Sounds very familiar, Key, to what you said on Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports 98.7 last week. Listen to Key on that show. From what I hear is that he sometimes can be a little stubbornish and a little bratty at times. And when he doesn't get his way, he can, you know, he can kind of jump up and down, basically. Yeah, I was trying to be nice. Yeah, you were. Uh, I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to. I mean, he's already. Those shows you never try issues. to be nice. No, I just it, it, it's tough, you know, um, having an opinion or getting information that you kind of trust the people that you get the information from, and you are hearing things, and so you try to <laughs> dance around what you really want to say. You know, and, and look, this isn't anything new. Chris Mortensen had it yesterday on NFL Countdown, uh, Super Bowl show. I talked about it on Gambo's show a week ago when I did, a, a, did the calls in Arizona. And they asked me what I thought about the situation that was going on with Kyler Murray and, you know, scrubbing his social media clean of Cardinals. And I explained to him there's maybe some contract information that he got wind of that they're not looking to exercise other than his fifth-year option and not a long-term extension, and he becomes a little, you know, kind of, I don't want to call him childish, but bratty, stubborn, uh, wants his way, and he pouts. And this goes all the way back to college um, at Texas A&M. He's the, you know, pick-up-his-ball-and-go-home type guy because you didn't pick me with your top three picks doing pickup. I mean, anybody who, who saw it happened, it, it, it kind of gives off like the attitude a little bit like immaturity to a degree. I, I understand things may not be going your way or you may be frustrated, but to wipe your whole social media clean, like that's something that you hear young people do in relationships, right? It's like when you're older, you're like, hey, man, that was a part of my path. That was a part of my journey. It didn't work out. You know, we had, uh, we had some different thoughts on things in life, and I'm moving in this direction. And you can still have a very firm stance without making it extremely like, hey, everybody, I'm just angry about it. And, and I don't know, it's, it's disappointing when you hear these type of reports because I don't want Kyler Murray to be that person that he's being perceived to be. Like, he's such an electrifying player. I want him to be a leader. And... Um, no, look, I've never spent time with Kyler Murray. I don't know, but like these type of things make you worry about if your quarterback's going to be the leader of your team. Look, he's such an interesting case because I hear what you're saying, Jay. I, I get it. I think that when you you know watching Key in the studio sometimes, Key watching you wa- like watch Kyler throw passes and knowing the quarterbacks that you played with. And sometimes when a really special quarterback makes a beautiful throw, I'll just watch Key's face. He'll be like, oh, and then he goes, it's like a handoff. It's like a thing of beauty. And he does that a lot with Kyler. And Kyler, in addition to that, 
is sort of the quarterback people are hoping Lamar Jackson becomes, a guy who can run around and also consistently throw those handoffs down the field, mm-hmm. right? And yet he's injury prone because he's a, you know, partly because he's a little guy and by NFL standards, certainly. And I just wonder if Dan Graziano's original reaction to this is the right one. I think it is, um, but it's conjecture. He's not hearing something he wants to hear in his contract talks. And here's a way to get leverage. I'm not happy here. I'm not, I mean, clearly, I'm not denying anything that everyone's saying about it. I'm sure that's all accurate. Or, like, you know, I was Chris Mortensen saying it, Key is saying it. They're not hearing it out of nowhere, right? But it's kind of like the Stafford thing. You, you want to say, yeah, I know what it looks like when it's the very greatest ever, and he's not it. But yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Kyler Murray, the team is looking at going, yeah, we could do a lot worse, and he checks a lot of boxes, but. We're still not sure, because maybe the injuries, that we're going to commit this to him, and but this would not, be his reaction key. To me, that sounds right. But that's not, in all honesty, it's not Kyler Murray's fault, right? And, and mm-hmm. the reason I say it's not his fault, because one of the complaints is that he is the reason that they're getting these late-season collapses, because he misses time, things of that nature. Well, when you drafted him, you thought he was going to grow overnight and all of a sudden be 6'5", 230? No. So it's not his fault. You knew that there was a probability of him sustaining some injuries and missing some time because of the nature of the position and the size that he is. So when he comes back and he's not doing the things that he did previously before injury, you can't all of a sudden say, well, the reason, one of the reasons is because Kyler Murray is doing this, yeah, I, I, you know, you know you who I'll bet you that you know who I'll bet you is watching all this and is like, shut up, Kyler, just play ball. Who who do you think's who do you think? How about how about Baker Mayfield? No, Bryce Young. He's sitting oh, there Bryce going, Young. Kyler, play ball, be a good. Shut up, you're hurting my money. Like they're gonna look at little quarterbacks who are very talented, probably. And, and use Kyler as a cautionary tale if it doesn't work out. So every like when you have a will, big check against you, you got to not have these other things become issues. You know, I will stand by it to the day I die. If Cliff Kingsbury wasn't in Arizona, no matter what Kyler Murray did at the Combine in college, he would have not been the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. I will stand firmly by that. It took... Steve Kine, the general manager, the Bidwell family, and Cliff Kingsbury to make that decision. The other 31 teams wasn't making that decision. Don't forget, Baker went one the year before. Yep. So who's, so who's going to be the number one pick out of SC going forward? Because Lincoln Riley's going to make and, some more and, of those, and, you think. And if Dorsey wasn't the general manager... At the time in Cleveland, Baker Mayfield wouldn't have been the number one overall pick because Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry wouldn't have selected him. And many people in the organization, when they took Baker Mayfield, did not want Baker Mayfield as the number one overall. But Dorsey decided to do it. Regardless, he didn't listen to nobody. He walked in his room, closed his door, and made the pick. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? 
You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Here's a line drive throw near side. Leaping two-headed, falling down, catch in the end zone. Caught for the Ram touchdown. Odell Beckham Jr. Near side of the end zone. Leaping high, bringing it down. Matthew Stafford has just thrown a 17-yard touchdown pass for the Rams who take an early lead in Super Bowl 56. The call on Westwood 1. As Odell Beckham Jr. caught the first touchdown of Super Bowl 56 to put the Rams up 7-0 in the first quarter. Going to get to how his night ended in a second. But first, Keyshawn J. Willemax is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Try the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless with nationwide 5G on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. So... Odell Beckham Jr.'s night ended in the second quarter. I just got when he caught that first touchdown pass and he started making catches, I'm thinking, oh, this could turn out to be a lopsided game. But in the second quarter, he suffered a non contact injury to his left knee. By the way, the game changed after that, legit. But for Odell, he said it was all, quote, part of the plan. That's what he told CBS Sports after the game. Odell, a religious man. Um, but he is, look, no matter what they say or do, he, they cannot take away from Odell Beckham Jr. The fact that he caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl, and not only that, he did it when the score was nothing, nothing, and not only that, it was pretty obvious he was going for at least one more of those that day. He looked real good at the moment of his injury, Key. Yeah, he was going to pop for I, I predicted he was going to pop for 200 yards. Mm-hmm. He was on his way. For about, he was gonna probably have a 200 yard day and multiple touchdowns. Um, it's it's a great it's a great story. I, I can't, you know, it's a great story. Here's a guy that was raked over the coals by the Cleveland Browns and New York Giants, made people feel a certain way about who he was. And it's not a redemption story because there's no redemption to be had. But what happens in the world that we live in is people try to shape a narrative about who you are based on your style based on the way you play the game, the passion that you have for the game. And they try to say that you're selfish and all you care about is a football. And, and when you don't have people there to support your case, you get put in the box like OBJ. And then he goes to Cleveland. It doesn't work out. It becomes Baker Mayfield's problem. It doesn't look good. It's OBJ on the move now. Then he goes to the Los Angeles Rams. And he helps them get to the Super Bowl and helps them win the Super Bowl with no issues at all whatsoever, nothing, not a sign in the air. Eric Yarbrough, the receiver coach, 
certainly told me that he, you know, he told me when he got Odell in the first couple games, he said, Key, he got a lot of juice, man. I said, what you mean? He said, everybody around the whole locker room, everything, they just, they rock with him. But they didn't, he didn't use the word, word rock. He used something else. And I was like, okay. He's like, man, we got to get him the ball early and often. They were 6-1 and one when Odell Beckham caught the football. At least four catches in a game, they went 6-1 and one early. Yeah. Jay, I, Odell is a full, complete football player, too. He'll block. He'll do whatever you ask him to do. And he doesn't complain if he's not getting the ball if you're winning, if he feels like it's working. That wasn't always the case in Cleveland. But I want to ask you something because Key says not that he needed to be redeemed. I disagree. But it's not because, oh, his teammates didn't like him. Everyone I spoke to, his teammates all – I'm sure he had teammates who didn't like him. This is everybody. But by and large, his teammates seemed to really like him. Coaches like like the whole thing. Fans liked him. The issue for me was this. When they went on that boat trip when he was a giant, <laughs> I said it at the time, and I even told El- oh, Odell God. at the time. That's fine. You can do what you want to do. But here's the thing now. You can't lose the game more than because you'll be blamed. But more than that. If you drop passes and, the, and you lose the game, then the blame will be accurate. Like Absolutely. You got, you, and he dropped two passes in that game that both could have, if not changed the game, certainly aided the Giants. For that, forget about all the extracurricular stuff because Odell, he's a good dude. People like him. For that, though, he needed to redeem himself because his level of talent, if the only time he made the playoffs, he's dropping passes and they're losing, partly as a result... Yeah. And to start that game with a touchdown pass, to me, was a huge redemption. I don't, I don't think it's one thing. I think it's all of it. I think it's also the way sometimes, like, what bad, is the, what bad thing can the media say now? Like, it, it, it does feel key, like, for certain people, right? Like, for me, I wouldn't wake up today with a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. and say, well, what's this mean for his career moving forward? I know that's a natural conversation, but as an athlete, as an ex-athlete, I go into, well, damn, look how much this guy has sacrificed. He, he is a player that – he is the player that we thought he could be. Like, he's proven that. And he, this is what happens when you play with a quarterback who's confident like Matthew Stafford. But, like, natural, there will be people that will say, well, what's this move moving forward? Is he damaged good? Goods, would he be able to still play the game? Like, that, you can't help that because that narrative is always going to be built around a guy as polarizing as OBJ. It just well, comes with the yeah. territory. It does. I mean, when you, when you have a an injury or two, I don't even know what the severity of the injury is. So, you know, people assume based on what it looks like. They'll do that, key without even knowing what the injury is. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it, it, it looked like a serious knee injury, right? He didn't return back to the game. He kind of walked off under his own power. But it looks like things that we've seen before. Um, I don't think that he needs to redeem himself. And I understand what you're saying, Max, in terms of the boat trip and things of that nature. If he'd have won the game, then what would you say, go on a boat trip every time? I mean, like, the boat had nothing to do. It wasn't the night no, before the game. No, it's dropping passes, though, Key. It, I, understand, yeah. I understand that, but that had nothing the night before the game. He didn't go on a boat trip. He went on a boat trip the weekend before the game. So has nothing to do oh, with the game. Yeah, there are two different things, but – once you do that, people are going to be having their eye on you, especially. And, that, and that's when I said earlier when we first started this conversation, there are individuals that are in news that don't protect you, that set narratives about who you are. So the first thing they say is if he didn't go on the boat trip, you'd have caught those passes. The boat trip is part of the reason we lost. Here's the reason he dropped the passes. My whole point is the boat trip was on a Saturday 
or Friday or whatever day it was, the damn game wasn't until the next week. Had nothing to do with the boat yeah. trip. N- now, nothing. That, that may be, that's fine. But what I'm talking about is that's the context. The redemption comes from you've only ever played in a single playoff game where you dropped passes and you lost. Now you're in the Super Bowl. And remember, when he signed, they still had Robert Woods. Then Woods got hurt, right? Well, he's not really even going to be the second option. Yes, he was. And in fact, he may have been the MVP of the game had he not gotten hurt, right? Especially if they're going to pay extra attention to Cooper Cup. He did get hurt, but before he did, they will never be able to take away from him that he caught a pass for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Not only that, it was the first score of the game. That's why when, he's, when those tears are streaming from his face after the game, I'm sure it's wrapped up in the emotion of the knee and the whole thing. But part of that's got to be he did If it. I was him, I'd be real petty. I'd get a duplicate ring and send it to the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. He's, it. he's a guy talking about God saying it's a plan. And Key's like, I'm sending the Browns a duplicate bottom, ring. Bottom line is, in our culture and our psyches, the bottom line is, was it Baker or Odell? One dude wins the Super Bowl. The other guy's going in the, in the other direction. We've already drawn conclusions. Like it or not, people, that's what it is. Well, it's not fair. That's not, it's not about fair. It's about that's how the emotions work in this situation. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We're back tomorrow, of course, 6 a.m. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. 